0: Hi, and welcome back to Your Health Transformed. I'm Dr. Hamilton, your host, and I'm super excited to have Ashley Grimes, Nurse Ashley Grimes, with us today and re-educate me on how important cannabis can be for health and wellness. Um, I know initially it got a lot of bad rep like a while ago, but if you do it right and you're educated about it, it can be very helpful. So I'm really excited for Ashley to kind of enlighten us and educate us on cannabis medicine. Welcome Ashley.
1: Hey how are you thanks for having me.
0: Yeah no thank you for being here. So I guess my first question to you is how did you get into this particular arena because it's not part of like traditional medicine or traditional healthcare. care. So
1: heck no heck no. <laughs> no it <is> not. <laughs> um, so it's 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 been a, a journey to say the least. Um, 14 years, I've been a nurse and traditional path, med surge, out medicine, doing assessments, listening to heart rates, you know, the whole nine. And, um, I ended up getting my master's degree in nursing education. Um, because for me, it it always was something more. It was always something more to do. It was always a goal to achieve. And that's what I was going to do. Um, and I found education to be the thing that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up in nursing leadership as a transition of practice coordinator and my what a culture shock that was yeah. um, you know the hierarchy and the backstab and, you know all the things that yeah. happen
0: <laughs> I feel like that's what they do it's like once you get your master's you automatically get thrown into, you know what I'm saying? These leadership and admins and management
1: and yeah. All of a sudden, Excel spreadsheets became important. I was like, oh, okay, this will be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um,
1: and th- that particular job actually was one of my favorites. I got to pour into new grad nurses. It was amazing. Um, but. For me, the rec understanding the the way hospital worked outside away from the bedside, that was a lot for me to kind of digest, and some just other like personal things went on. So I kept moving along in my career. Ended up in corporate uh, performance improvement, um, project management for a fourteen hospital system. And so, wow, how system life works is way more intense than hospital leadership. So, yeah. um, over the over that time frame, you know, it was it was just a lot to deal with. It was very money driven, um, right. you know, metrics oriented, and so while I did what I was supposed to do, I also suffered or was the victim of cyber theft, and you know, I I responded like any human would and i had a kind of a post traumatic response so i wasn't you know optimally functioning anymore and so therefore i wasn't performing as well in my in my yeah. role and so um part of it was the lessened capacity to tolerate you know what i didn't feel like was in my moral compass or on my yeah, correct. You know, in my personal values yeah. but then it was also this new or reawakening of okay, Ash, what have you been doing for the past 10 years? Because like, you definitely have been paying attention to yourself. Like how did you end up in this situation? What is it that you can do to like really kind of focus in on you? Right. And so obviously therapy became a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody deserves access to therapy. Yeah. Um, But you know, it, in my mind, it couldn't have anything to do with a doctor as a nurse, like, you know, going to see a doctor just really doesn't, always feel good unless like
0: yeah
1: decide that i diagnose myself that i need to see a doctor you know
0: yeah.
1: um and so i just started digging into this holistic space and so my first step for me was yoga um identifying that i had hips you know like oh yeah. you ain't moved them things and <laughs> <laughs> um and as i kept moving in in this space and understanding what was here i ran into the endocannabinoid system understanding the fact that we had one, um, it kind of reinforced the fact that healthcare was a sham. I'm like, how is it that I've been a nurse for so long? And never heard about it. And I never heard it. It just didn't make sense to me. So from there, it just became just a slow separation.
0: Yeah. Okay. From the traditional, essentially Mm -hmm. traditional medicine. And honestly, we didn't learn about it in med school. And I don't even think that now they're still Educating people on that, I think I learned about it. Say very similar, I jumped into holistic in treating my weight loss patients because I'm like, it's got to be more than just meds and surgery. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're still regaining. So as I went more holistic, again, that's when I found out more about the in, endocannabinoid and cannabis, and I've actually used it a lot. So I'm curious to get more education on this and why it's not um, more. Known or or I don't I don't know, but that's what what you're here to do. Do you have any idea on why like they want to keep all this a like, secret? i don't I don't know.
1: well, I mean, the short answer is money. um yeah. sorry, my my bells are ringing. Um the short answer is money. yeah um, we we have to remember when in healthcare, w- what the widget is, um so in the car industry, the widget is a car, and the healthcare industry yeah. is a human, so you got to have humans coming in to treat the humans. Right. Um, So I think that's part of it. Uh, The other part of it is pharmaceutical companies, even though that still ties into the money.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: Yeah. you got to be able to figure out how to, you know, um, control it. Right. Like it's it's still a schedule one drug. Um, The history of cannabis itself has been sourced in uh, all types of shady backgrounds a lot of it rooted in racism and and prejudices Mm -hmm. um and so because of our the way that we our relationship as a country our relationship with the plant and then also the need to commodify and you know make profit off of um I think that's probably the biggest driver of the fact that we don't know a lot about it um but fortunately for us since the pandemic um a lot of our states have decided that it is profitable in yeah.
0: ways. <laughs> I have noticed that, yeah, yeah,
1: to, to make some money off of it, and um, you know, Help
0: people, yeah, yeah,
1: and you know, and there's still a lot of work to do. Even though there is more access, I think the quality of access varies. Um, the The amount of access varies, and then it also depends on where you, um, what your intersections are. So. Yeah
0: yeah i agree so for people who don't know just tell us what is the no no system like it's it's it, it's actually a system in our body like most people either haven't heard about it or didn't even know this but it has receptors just like serotonin receptors or you know you know lyric and some of all these uh, gabapentin receptors you know so tell us about what is the system
1: Yeah, so the endocannabinoid system is the largest neuroreceptor system we have in our bodies. Um, It, like you said, it does have receptors where the cannabinoids bind. So um, breaking down the word endo, meaning inside the body, um, and then the cannabinoids, which we make two of our own cannabinoids that bind to that system naturally. And then um, the plant has phytocannabinoids and those cannabinoids look a lot like the endocannabinoids that we have, and they also bind to that receptor system. Um, and, you know, just to keep it as simple as possible, um, there are other enzymes, there are other components that participate in the functioning of it, but the the ultimate goal of this system is to provide homeostasis. It's the master regulator for all other systems in the body so if something's off balance then the endocannabinoid system needs to get to work to help things to reachieve what that balance looks like in that in that particular person
0: and does it do that like naturally like even if we don't take outside cannabinoids does our is our body equipped to be able to balance this naturally like
1: yeah yeah it's supposed to um so we we make our own cannabinoids that naturally go through the process of binding and, you know, creating that balance. Um, some of us are cannabinoid deficient, um, but interestingly enough, um, a lot of the holistic practices that we look into yoga, meditation, acupuncture, you know, walking exercise, mm-hmm. they all contribute to the endocannabinoid system. So, you know, just Activating, jump starting, doing a hula hoop, you know, um, dancing, laughing, joy, you know, all those things play a part in supporting the functioning of your endocannabinoid system.
0: I didn't know that. So yeah, you'll have to explain that to me. So how does how do these things activate that? Then is it just they binding to receptors, or? Well,
1: it gets it gets everything flowing. So the idea is creating flow. Mm-hmm. Is creating intentionality being present in your body? letting your endocannabinoid system know like, hey, I need to get started. And so creating that energy flow, like acupuncture, we talk about the meridian points, like all of those play a part in you know, helping the endocannabinoid system say, look, I need to work right now. let's get this endocannabinoids working. So um, the the physical part of it, and it, it kind of ties into um, it a little bit more, I guess spiritual,
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: the physical part of it is the actual cannabinoid binding to the receptor. Like that's the part where the science plays a part into it. Yeah. The other part is the spiritual aspect, meaning intentionality, meaning that energy flow, meaning, you know, being present, all those things that also plays a part in that um in homeostasis, that balance, you know. Um, when you think about the aspects of body, um, physical body, emotional body, mental mm-hmm. body, um. It's a fourth one. I can't think of it now. But all of those bodies all need to be balanced. You see, what I'm saying not just the physical body. And in medicine, we only entirely focus on the physical body. Yeah. So, you know, from a scientific perspective, you know, we can talk just about the binding, the enzymes, the, the, uh, the terpenes, all those things. We can talk about that. And that's fine. That's all fine and dandy. But All of the other activities that we participate in also supported it as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's good to know because you're right. Even as medicine as I started using it, when I used it with my patients, I have patients that take it for it it is for a type of balance. Usually if they have like some type of anxiety or they'll take it and then obviously for pain. Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend? How do you recommend tapping into or the best use of incorporating um, how people can activate and use the the their endocannabinoid system the appropriate way?
1: Yeah, so definitely take a holistic approach on it. Um, focus it on what it is that we're trying to achieve. So there are a lot of times we're suffering with a lot of different symptoms related to a specific disease process. So what's the thing that's the priority? So is the priority sleep? Is not the anxiety? Is it the pain, right? And see how we can um, choose products or choose activities that will best support that particular thing that we chose to be the priority. So for example, um, patient might have cancer, they might suffer from pain, nausea, sleeplessness. Actually, the whole nine anxiety, the whole nine, right? Right. And so, um, how can we best support a quality of life with them right now? Right. And so if the patient, let's say, is having severe anxiety, where this anxiety the nausea is causing the anxiety, the nausea is actually causing the sleeplessness. Let's support the nausea right now. So we're gonna look for something that's short acting, which means a smokable product. Right. We're going to look for something that is focused in on um, decreasing the nausea, increasing appetite or whatever. And then once we've gotten that under control, now let's reassess where we are. And are you still not sleeping? What else is going on with you? Are you still in pain? What else is going on with you? And so that helps you get closer to the root cause. And it's a slow walk in a journey and a process, but it helps you get closer to the root cause over time.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was, so that makes sense then. And so you, there's different types of products within this cannabinoid system that then can support depending on what the person is is going through. So I think that was a great example where if finding the root cause, which right, like that's super important because that can trigger everything. And then treating that and narrowing down the product that is being chosen for that particular symptom. And then that really ultimately will relieve other things essentially is what you're saying.
1: Pretty much. And most of the time, if you get rid of the, the one like driving force, everything else just kind of falls into place.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so essentially what you do now is you help educate providers on how to incorporate, is it the products, you know what I'm saying, to support their patient Um, in these different aspects and, like, educate them on, like, what would be best in these circumstances, what would be best in helping them identify, like, the root cause type of thing?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it depends on on where that practitioner is trying to go. So, um, this is, this journey (laughs) um, has been multiple iterations at this point. So, it started off with just let me teach you about the planet. itself. so we do have a training course. We're like, Hey, these are the cannabinoids. These are the terpenes of the combination. This is how you would potentially treat a, a client if they were to come and see you. Right. Uh, but then it became, what do I do now? Because it's all this stigma and I'm actually kind of scared to talk to people about it. And I really don't know how to navigate in this industry. And yeah. it seems a little intimidating. So, Now I'm in a place where I'm building community to help support other providers who want to, um, you know, either incorporate it into their practice, right? So finding that community support, being able to have conversations about this in a safe space, or I want to start my own business and do consultations with patients, for example, or start a practice or something like that, open a, a spa or something, whatever, whatever they want to do.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, that's where I am right now. And everybody's in different phases of it, um, of their experience with it. And because the industry is so young, like the opportunities are endless, like it's yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So I do want to talk about some of the stigma because, yeah. you know, people on the street, it was like, we marijuana, you know what I'm saying? And so that has like one stigma versus, actually, there's so many different medicinal, you know what I'm saying, uses for it. And so kind of what do people say who are like no I'm not trying it like that's a drug like I don't what do you say for people yeah yeah it's
1: so it's it's so interesting if I bring it up sometimes I will bring it up with like patients um when I come in contact with them and they'll be like no I can't do that you know and it's like because they've already in their mind assigned that to a bad place because of you know, where we come from, you know, our program, yeah. this is the war on drugs, you know, all the things that we've heard for generations at this point. Um, and so for those people, I've learned that it's just not, it's not my job to convince.
0: Yeah, correct.
1: Um, but from a a mainstream kind of perspective, like we need to start having these conversations, right? Like just having open and honest conversations. So from a patient point of view, some of the stigma is I can't take it. I can't use it. It's a bad drug. Um, you know, all the, all the iterations of that. And then from a healthcare provider point of view, it's, I'm better than this drug. I know more than what this, this drug can do for people. I've been in this, uh, a nurse or a doctor for X amount of time. So I definitely got it under control until the day that they meet that one patient that says to them, my life has changed. My life was like this. And, and that provider saw that patient like this. They decided to, to consume and they saw the transformation over time. And so that's when the provider decides like, oh, wow, this really works. Yeah. But the problem is even though they have that confirmation, they still are grappling with their own personal narrative that combats that and it makes it a challenge because it's almost like they're fighting themselves. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so how do you feel about taking these different products versus some of the pharmaceutical stuff? Like I feel like obviously because it's naturally already in our system taking something that binds, that's natural, that binds with the receptor, but what do you, how do you feel about that versus some of these other, because you will have some people who prefer to take, you know, pharmaceutical medications than taking something like this. How do you educate? What education do you give for those people? Because it can treat so much stuff. You, it can treat anxiety, depression, sleep, nausea, and that's just to name a few, but for some reason, some people do feel more comfortable taking a, a prescription. So what what is your kind of take on
1: that? Uh, I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. You know, there's risk and benefit to everything. Um, you know, my general perspective about anything that you don't know enough about is just meet it with a spirit of inquiry.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, just as much as cannabis is not for everybody, SSRIs might not be for everybody. Yeah. Right? Um, I actually talked about it in my book, my postpartum depression experience where the SSRIs actually made things worse for me. Yeah. You know. And it felt as if if that wasn't the answer then there was no answer for me. I just need to sit sit through it and wait.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. And so um had there been more conversation, a little bit more of inquiry about the experience that I was having in real time, I feel like some of it could have been mitigated. Some of the like the the personal impact would have been mitigated, yeah. um, and it could have been a, a a easier transition for me, a easier transition into motherhood. You know, and so um, going back to your question about the pharmaceuticals, I think that sometimes they are absolutely needed, and we have to we have to intervene appropriately. Yeah. But I, I also believe that there is a human from before the interaction with the provider that sometimes we don't take into consideration. And then the experience of the human being after the interaction with the provider that sometimes is not taken into consideration. And so if we can infuse things that can help them before and after those interactions that can make their lives just bearable to Mm -hmm. say the least, you know, um I think that it should be explored.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And so and let's talk about your book. So Stigmatized, um, what is the name of your book? Stigmatized. Yeah, That's stigmatized. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, what, what inspired that? Like, tell us like a little bit of an overview behind that.
1: Yeah. um So, I feel like the stigma is multifaceted. And so, while I was in the, like, started working in the space, everybody in the cannabis industry would be like, oh my God, the stigma, this, the stigma, that. Cannabis yeah. has such a stigma. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it has a stigma, but is that a block? Is that something that means that we can't do X, Y, and Z, right? Mm -hmm. And so I started really digging into like what the stigma really meant for people, for myself, you know, things like that. And what I realized is everybody's dealing
0: with stigma. Yeah. Everybody's
1: being judged
0: I was gonna okay. say weight loss stigma there's a big stigma in the weight loss arena yeah. I mean there's a whole kind of stigma you're yeah. right yes you know
1: and so like when you really step back and think about it like and, and the crazy thing is when I ask people after I wrote the book I would ask people like have you ever felt stigmatized thinking everybody's gonna say yes nope nope yeah. everybody says no they don't believe that they have But then when you ask very pointed questions, okay, you're a Black woman. Have you ever been stigmatized because of your hair? Have you ever been stigmatized or assumed that you would show up a certain way because you are a woman, because you have female reproductive organs, because you are a physician, right? Like I had a conversation recently with a, a a nurse anesthetist. He was a man, white man, mind you. He was like, "Yeah, you know, like sometimes I go home and it's like meet the fuckers on here, yeah. you know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know." And so, but it would be really easy for you and I as black women to look at him and say, "Well, he can't have stigma because he's a white man." Well, you know what? No, everybody has to deal with it in right. some capacity, you know. Right. So, um, right. the. So writing the book was important to me because one, I needed to confront all of the stigma that I've dealt with that kept me boxed in and not using my own voice, but also to let other people know that you might be dealing with it too. And it might be boxing you in as well.
0: Yeah, that's true. That makes so much sense because it's almost like if you kind of what uphold to what other people's standards are you know what I'm saying then you're not really being true to yourself essentially absolutely. yeah absolutely and I think the best thing that could have ever happened to me
1: was to discover who I was what my voice was and and use it yeah because for a long time I I would not and I was scared too and I was worried about what the world thought of me
0: yeah and just checking the box, doing what you're told, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do it as you move up in the world. How many people do that though, right? You right. have this like big idea of where you should be in life and what you should do in life. And so you'll check the boxes to kind of get where you need to go. And then when you're there, it's a like, you know, burnout or whatever, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? We've all been through it. I've been, and it's not until you get there and then you fall that you're like, what am I, need to reevaluate yeah. some things. Right. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: right. and, and you know what sometimes people don't reevaluate. that's the other crazy yeah. thing they get there they realize it but there's even their two their ego is so driven to because they work so hard to be wherever they are that
0: yeah, they are
1: scared to let it go I know yeah
0: yeah I agree I agree does your book address some of that stuff
1: yeah it does it talks yeah. a lot
0: about it. <laughs> yeah no I agree I agree well, thank you so much for enlightening us on cannabis and letting us know that broad implications for its use. And I hope it will be, you know, more infused. And I think it's getting there with people like you and other educators that are educating both providers and patients on the use. There's a bad way to use it, right? But there's also appropriate ways to use it. And yeah. so- I think if people stick with the appropriate ways, I think it'll be a great addition to traditional medicine.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.